Okay, here's the question. Um, who wants things to be different? Who wants things to be different? No, you don't. <laughs> you say it. Maybe you sort of believe it, but you don't want it to be different, okay? Okay. Um, exhibit A, right? Your cell phone, okay? You plugged it in for the night. During the night, they updated your software, and the next morning you get up, and it's different, right? They gave you these new cool features, okay? But just after you learned how to do it, they changed it, right? I got a new phone recently, and uh, the new software, it, it, it puts, it permanently puts the temperature up there in the corner. And so every time I look at the phone, I see the temperature. And now I'm obsessed with the temperature. I don't like it, okay? I want to know the high and the low. I don't need every little increment every day, all day long. I'm obsessed with it now, and it's making me crazy. And then this other one, it gives me the headline, every, the, the horrible, terrible thing that just happened all day long. Every time... I look at my phone. I'm not trying to escape from what's going on, but I can't take it all day long. And so it's different. And can't can I just have the cool new features and it be the same? No. Okay? Exhibit B. Okay? Um, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Okay, Exhibit B is the HEB expansion a few years ago. Right? Remember that? Okay, so they start making it bigger. And we're like, all right, they're going to have some new cool things at HEB. And then they changed everything, right? They made it different. You know, the olive oil that was on this end of the aisle, on, and, and now it's on the other side, on the other part, down on the uh, other end of the aisle. And I don't know how many people complained to me about it. As if I was CEO and you would have thought the, the seventh trumpet had sounded and the seven plagues that were unleashed in the book of Revelation, right? I want all this cool stuff, but don't make it different, okay? And let's push it a little more, right? I, I want the world to be different, and I've I want that vent to be different. I want the world to be different. I want those wrong people to be different. But don't push me to be different. Perhaps Leo Tolstoy, the great Russian novelist, said it best, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Which leads us straight to Pentecost. Some 50 days earlier, 53 days earlier, on Good Friday, Jesus is crucified by violent, power-obsessed culture that would slaughter the innocent just to maintain the status quo. Three days later, Jesus is resurrected. It's what we call Easter, right? But the world hadn't changed. 
The world is still the same. That violent world is still a violent world. Go out into that world, Jesus tells his disciples. Make it different. Go to all the nations and make disciples. Change the world. Make it different. But first, Jesus says, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And so they wait. And I always, I always thought that's the first miracle in the book of Acts, not the coming of the Holy Spirit, but that the disciples finally do what Jesus asked them to do. <laughs> they, they're always getting it wrong. They misunderstand. They do the opposite of what he asked them to do. Can't you just stay awake and pray? No, they can't even do that. But they wait. They wait. Jesus says wait. And they wait and pray. I think this, that part often gets overlooked. They wait and they pray. They wait and they pray. And I pray for page three. There we go. And we wait. And we wait. What are they praying for? What are they praying about? I can't speculate. All I know is they are together. And they are praying. And the Holy Spirit finally comes. Can the Holy Spirit come when we don't pray? I suppose so. God can do whatever God wants to do. All I know for sure is that the more I pray, the more open I am to what God might be doing. The more I pray, the more open I am to receiving God's presence and guidance. They're together, they're praying. It's Pentecost, originally a Jewish harvest festival. Festival. They're celebrating the goodness of God. Penta, five, 50, 50 days after Passover. For us, 50 days after Easter. And also celebrating the goodness of God, the resurrection of the Christ. And as they pray, the goodness of God comes upon them with force and power, like a mighty wind, like being set on fire. And this little church, this little congregation, this little group of Jesus followers becomes different. The Holy Spirit comes. And the early church exchanges cowardice for courage. Just 53 days earlier, they ran off into the dark just to save their own skins. And now they seem unafraid of anything. They're not afraid of kings or authorities or principalities. They're not afraid of imprisonment or punishment. They're not afraid of martyrdom, death itself, or the devil himself. Their courage is their witness, and people are amazed. People want that kind of courage, I think. They're different, and it impresses people. The Holy Spirit comes, and this little band of Jesus followers exchanges violence as a way of solving problems to sacrificial peacemakers. Just 53 days earlier, they said, Jesus, when he's being arrested, shall we draw the sword and fight for you? And and exasperated Jesus says, put away your swords. Don't you know that those who live by the sword die by the sword? And that was his last words to his disciples before he allows them to crucify him. He would not resist the violence of others. 
with violence. The Holy Spirit comes. And no longer for this church will it be an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. No longer visiting violence on others, even for self-preservation. They won't defend themselves. And it's their witness. And people are perplexed and yet drawn to it. They've become different. The Holy Spirit comes upon the church and they exchange tears and grief for inexplicable joy. Recently, we went to Italy and we went to Assisi, where St. Francis was from. And they've built a basilica. Did, did we get that picture of Francis, the statue? I want you to see this statue. I love this statue. See it up there? Okay, so Francis is a young man. He, the Holy Spirit comes on him. And he, he becomes so filled with joy, he can hardly stand it. And he would escape up into the mountains, him and his friends. And they just, they loved God's nature. They saw God in everything. They were so happy. And so down in Assisi, they built this ginormous basilica to honor him. I personally think Francis would have hated it, okay? But up in the woods where he would go, we went up there, and there's this statue and it's Francis lying on the ground, looking at the trees. Okay? He's so happy, he's unusual. He's a happy Christian. And they built a basilica for him. Hello. A Christian who's happy? What's that about? few things are less attractive and less evangelical than unhappy Christians, joyless Christianity. This little band of Christians, suddenly they're willing to forgive anybody and anything. That's different. They are willing to forgive even the unforgivable because Christ forgave their unforgivable abandonment. And so they become bearers of forgiveness, conduits of love, advocates of peace, examples of unity. They get along with each other. They used to bicker and fight and jockey for power positions, and now they just get along. Profiles encourage. Outrageous enjoy. They are on fire. Christ is with them, in them, around them. If you keep reading that passage, you get to verse 41. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I, I, I suspect every pastor is jealous of that verse and doesn't really believe that verse. I think I've been skeptical about it for a long time. But I think I begin to believe it. How attractive it must have seemed and how hungry for it the crowd was. Are we not hungry for it? 
my lifetime here in America, I've never thought the church was needed more than right now. A group of people who are courageous, advocates of peace, willing to love not just those who are lovable, but those who are loveless, willing to love anyone, everyone, courageous, joyful, united, peaceful, loving, forgiving, no longer them, everybody's in us. Are we not hungry for that? So come, Holy Spirit, come into my life, because I've been walking around all week wanting the world to be different. My wife said, there's nothing we can do. We're not going to change it. My wife has always pulled me up out of my hopelessness. And now she's struggling. I said, yeah, there is something we can do. Something I can do. I can be different. Impossible as it seems. Only with the Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit. Come into my life. Come into my soul, my heart, my mind, even my body. Come, Holy Spirit. Forgive me for my resistance to you. Forgive me for my cowardness, my silence, my apathy, my desire to simply blend in. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me to repent. Help me to be different. Though it seems impossible at times, though it will surely get me in trouble as it did those early Christians, set me free. Fill me with impossible love, impossible peace, impossible forgiveness, impossible joy, impossible courage. Amen.